Well, a listener says, Dan, I'm working, but I don't feel that fulfillment thing. Well, what do you think? Is it enough to make money? Or should we really expect more from our work? Is it unrealistic to expect that sense of meaning, purpose, and fulfillment that I talk about here week after week? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Taking care of business. You know, you hear that here week after week. I've been using that song for a very long time. Have a licensing agreement with Sony to use it, so no problems there. Had a listener alert me to the fact that Tim Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive, who is a guitarist and vocalist with that group whose song I play week after week here, just died last Friday, 71 years old. Well, rest in peace. Hate to see that happen. Tim Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive. You know, it's funny, his death came just three months after his brother and Bachman Turner Overdrive co-founder, Robbie, died as well. Died at ages 69 and 71, two brothers. Well, rest in peace, guys. All right. Hey, we're going to jump into some questions. Got great questions today, as always. How about this? Dan, with the birth of my first child, should I explore being a mompreneur rather than look for another corporate job. And then right after that, all right, so we got that. Birth my first child, should I explore being a mompreneur, you know, working at home rather than look for another corporate job? Another question right after that. Dan, I somehow feel blessed to be able to take care of my two kids while doing a side job at home, but I don't feel that fulfillment thing. All right, now two counterposed situations there. We're going to unpack those. There's not a right or wrong, good or bad. It's a matter of, and thank goodness, we all get to make those individual choices. Well, here's another one. Failure ended my career and in my view has done irreversible damage. Ouch. Do you reach a point where there's too much damage done to make new changes to move forward in your life? Well, we'll look at that as well. Quotation today comes from Dan Miller, just one that I have put together over the years. Work must provide the opportunity for spiritual and personal growth as well as financial success. The irony is that if it does not provide all three, there will be a natural pressure to keep the financial rewards low. The search for money alone will always be self-defeating. Now, we could spend all day just there. I'm not going to do that. You can go back and review that. See the quotation in our notes, podcast notes. You can get it there. But there has to be more than money. I mean, I've spent a lot of time working with people over the years who have made a lot of money in what they're doing, and yet there's not that sense of fulfillment. There's just the idea that they have the ability to do it well. I mean, a lot of people, because they had the academic ability, end up with designations behind their name like MD or PhD or DDS or JD. It goes on and on. You know the routine. But just because they had the academic ability, they get invited to those fancy graduate schools and they keep going. And all of a sudden, they've got a, a JD. They're an attorney. And now they're saying, how do I end up here? And frankly, some of them 
admit it was simply because they didn't know what else to do and because they did get those invitations and they had the ability to continue going to school and it prolonged having to make a real decision. And then now what? Well, there has to be more than just the ability to do something. There has to be more than just the money that comes as a result of doing something. If you're doing something just because you have the ability, you can get burnout doing that. And certainly you can be doing something where you're making $300,000 a year and get burned out as well if there's no passion involved. So it's a, it's a balancing process where you want harmony between passion, talent, and money. All right, let's move on here. Um, I got a couple notes from people that I just want to share here. You know, I want anyone who's going through a tough time right now to really pay attention to this. Now, two weeks ago, I shared a note from a listener, whom I know pretty well, who said he might be going to prison for a couple of years, and he wondered if there could be any good that would come out of that. Now, we talked about that then, and I said, you know, you might come out on the other side of that with an inst- incredible story to tell, might be able to write a book, speak, or maybe get a movie deal. At the very least, you'll know more about the legal system, may position yourself as a consultant for other people having challenges in that area. Now, as always, I hear from you, the listeners, and I'm so grateful for that, but I had somebody write in, in response to that, says, Dan, I'm a longtime fan, having been first introduced to your book in the early 2000s after losing a job. Found it at the local library, but couldn't keep it the full 48 days as too many others had it on hold. You know, I hear that a lot. I never understand why libraries don't get more more copies of books when people are allowed to keep it for two weeks and there's 18 people on a waiting list. Well, anyway, he, he says, this listener says he ended up buying it at Costco along with the workbook and audio CDs and a complete set. Since then, I've been listening to the podcast, find it truly inspiring to hear the stories. Uh, this year, however, I've been drawn to write my own story, not so much because I want people to know about me, but because I believe it will truly help others. <clears throat> and he said, the reason I'm writing now is because of a listener's recent podcast where he asked about the possibility of going to prison, whether any good can come from it. Well, I went to prison, this writer says, after being sentenced to a 50 months for a drunk driving incident where I injured two people. And I felt like my perspective could help that. Yes, something good can come from this if you allow it. Now, listen to this. I really love the way this is broken out. Before my sentence began, I made a plan. It started with what goals I wanted to accomplish while I was gone and who I wanted to become in the process. Love that. During the time while I was incarcerated, I built a strong relationship with my wife, remaining friends and family. I read daily, finishing the Bible in less than one year. I studied daily, exercised, stretched, wrote in a journal. You may ask what I studied. Well, I studied all the math and literacy components from high school. Even though I'm already educated with college degrees, I wanted to know what other men would need so I could help them earn their GEDs. Eventually, I ended up leading a small Bible study at night and tutoring men during the day toward accomplishing the requirements to take their GED exam. Please notify your listener that his own plan could change his life moving forward and maybe even the lives of others. He may do something similar to what I did. 
or he could try something truly mind-opening for the outside world. As an example, what if he could partner with a social organization to do an in-depth study of the lives of prisoners while they're serving time? Some prisoners may not talk to him, at least not in the beginning, but if he found the right organization to partner with and the best questions to keep the men engaged, he could conduct surveys about their lives before and hopes for life thereafter. And this writer says, please keep my identity anonymous. We're certainly happy to do that. But it just is, it. it's significant to hear you share. And thank you so much uh, for sharing your story with us here and our other listeners about even when circumstances are not what you want it, you can create a plan to maximize the benefit of what you're going through. What does this make possible? Wow, and you've done that so well. I love the fact that, and I looked at your LinkedIn profile background, I love the fact that you list having been a tutor at the correctional facility. So even you're even forthright about it on your on your resume background that uh, but you just put a positive spin on that instead of saying inmate it says you were a tutor at the correctional facility great job thanks so much for sharing that's encouraging for all of us well here here's another feedback on something that I talked about recently. Hey, Dan, since I've been dealing in small vintage antiques collectibles for decades, your interest in Hot Wheels has struck a nerve. Now, that's something I mentioned, you know, a couple months back, I guess, that, gee, I realized some of the Hot Wheels are going for $100,000, the little cars that sold originally for 39 cents. And it got my attention. Being a car guy, I thought, hey, I could kind of get into that. And I mentioned it, and I've had a bunch of people respond, giving me tips about that. So... Um, where was I here? What people are doing these days is buying the older red lines and other desirable cars that are in poor condition because they're cheap and readily available, but then they refurbish them. This is the part I thought you might really enjoy taking the car apart, meticulously cleaning it, replacing missing wheels, taking the old paint off, repainting them, making them brand new again. I'm sure there are plenty of YouTube videos showing the promos. Uh, if I'm, if I'm right about that being something you would enjoy doing. Now, I've never gotten into the refurbishing end of it, but I do run across them from time to time. Thought you might appreciate this tad bit of info. Your avid podcast listener and fan, that comes from Stephen Cheney. Well, thanks, Stephen, for sending it along. Now, here's an update. You know, I'm, I mentioned that. Now, there are a lot of things that get my attention. I was privileged to be a, a judge for... Um, 389 video submissions recently for kids going through the CEO program, creating entrepreneurial opportunities where they submitted their business idea. And now I have uh, the 18 top place ones in there and have a winner. And I just love, love, love seeing those ideas. So I've always got ideas floating around. I get them when I just walk out to the mailbox or when I go for a run or when I'm in a crowd of people when I'm reading a book, it just is never ending. But here's an update on that idea. My initial enthusiasm about Hot Wheels has really cooled a little bit. I don't have any ready space for it. I don't know where I would put them. I, I don't have the space to store or work on them really. And I don't want to just build up a collection that I leave behind when I'm gone. And I really don't want to be involved in selling them, you know, one at a time. My enjoyment would simply be in finding the great cars, purchasing them. But then I have to ask, you know, for what purpose? Why would I do that? And I really 
in thinking about it, in thinking about things that are hard to find or rare or were inexpensive originally and now are kind of pricey, my thinking goes to books. I mean, I love books. You know I love books. There's nothing that shaped my life more than books have, and I love books. Now, I have some that are pretty cool to have. A couple of years ago, my mastermind went together and got me a copy of first edition Think and Grow Rich, 1937 edition. I'd always joked with Joanne that someday we were going to be walking through an old bookstore, you know, and I'd find one. Well, I never did. And I don't remember even sharing that idea with anybody, but somehow my mastermind knew that was on my bucket list, I guess, and then they, they got me a copy. Now, I have it right here in my office. Those of you who have been here, my office have probably seen it. It's up on the shelf. If I were if I were really a smart guy, an investor, I'd probably have it locked up in a bank safe somewhere because it's valuable. But no, I've got it right here in my office. I like to see it. I like to pick it up and hold it. Inside, now it, no, it is a, a first edition, 1937 edition. It's in perfect condition, has a perfect dust cover on it and the whole thing. There's a little flyer inside that says, if you'd like more copies, send in a dollar and 50 cents. Now, that's pretty interesting to think back at that point that it was selling for $1.50. Certainly, it's gone up. I mean, a, a just an ordinary copy of Think and Grow Rich is going to be $20 or so at this point. But this one that I have, I mean, I just did, I just asked ChatGPT just a second ago, you know, what is that going to be valued at? And it said a first edition of Think and Grow Rich in excellent condition could bring up to $10,000 or more at auction or through rare book dealers. So yes, you know, that's fun to think about and play with. And I'll probably do that. Frankly, I'll probably do that rather than Hot Wheels because it, it so aligns with what I'm already doing. And I do have space for a few of those and just have fun. Just the, the, just, just the thrill of holding it in my hand, you know, a rare book like that. Anyway, thanks for the input, Steve. And I, I'm sure I'll have other ideas that pop in my head as well. All right, Joyce says, I worked as a product manager for about 10 years. Last year, I gave birth to my first child, but then this company suddenly closed down. I got lost because it was the second time a company I've worked for is closed. Out of desperation, I started to question whether I could be a great project manager again. I've actually received praises from my managers before, but I know I have not reconciled the hurts I experienced at work, and I wanted to mend the wounds by playing that same role again. At the same time, I also started to think about becoming a mompreneur. What do you think about what I should do and where I should start? Well, in looking, I, I checked out, I went and found your LinkedIn resume as well, Joyce, and looked at it. You've had four jobs since graduating with your degree in electrical engineering. All your jobs have been as product manager. So you, you probably have a lot of your identity kind of tied up in being a product manager, but you don't want your past to determine your future. So, so let's look at this. You know, as a brand new mom, you've entered a new, very important season of your life, clearly. This is a great time to, to draw a line in the sand, take a fresh look at your life, and decide now what you want your life to look like three years from now. I mean, in these preschool years for your baby, do you want to be a present mom, or are you okay having someone else be the primary caregiver for your child? You know, how important is it for you to create income? 
And then to your question about being a mompreneur, I mean, I love that term because it implies that you are the primary caregiver for your child, but also generated income because of something you're doing. Mompreneur, there was actually a book that we sold lots and lots of copies of. This was years ago. But a couple of ladies wrote a book titled Mompreneur. And I thought, what a great title, because it really does convey that image of you're going to be taking care of your kids, but still generated income. Are there ways to do that? Yes, that's what prompted one of our products, the 48 lower coat, no cost business ideas that we have was to help moms who wanted to stay at home, see ways that they could generate income. I, I don't know if that, I don't know if the book's available. We bought everything we could. It was in liquidation, a book that hadn't been marketed well. And I bought hundreds and hundreds of copies of that and we sold them. It's, uh, so I don't think it's any longer available. You can probably find one. Maybe it's one of those rare books you can find at a little inflated price. So asking those questions, you know, are you okay with having somebody else take care of your baby? Or do you want to be there? You know, how, how, how important is it for you to, to be there with your child? Do you find the idea of working from home by yourself appealing? Or do you enjoy going to an office every day? And there's a lot of things that you need to look at to really make your own individual decision. Do you have an idea that you would pursue if you did something on, on your own? Are you a visionary? Are you someone who's comfortable managing yourself and taking action? Now, in your Job descriptions on LinkedIn, you say that you had trainings and workshops. You were a mentor and inspired younger project managers to lead as well. So it sounds like you have the skills to be a great mompreneur. However, I have to just, I have to say, you know, I'm clearly biased. I mean, if there's a way to make it work, I think the best choice is to be there for your baby. You know, so you see those first steps. You hear the first time that baby says, mama, you be the one to teach her to read. I can't imagine a job being more fulfilling than that. And I also think the opportunities for you to create income are just endless. So you can have the best of both. So what do I think you should do and where to start? I take a fresh look at your skills and abilities, your personality traits. How do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? And then your values, dreams, and passions. Look for patterns you see in when you are in your zone. You know, when it just feels like, ooh, this is right, this is what I was born for. And then list 20 things you could do from home. Filter those through what you know about yourself. Then narrow down to three or four best ideas. Do a little bit more research. Choose one and take action. Be generating new profit, real income 30 days from now. But also create healthy boundaries around how much time you can spend in your business, grow that business, enjoy the rewards of that, and enjoy at the same time your new role as a mommy. Now, incidentally, I, I see that you are in Taiwan. You're from Taiwan. My goodness, what a hotbed of ideas. New products, new services, new ideas. We hear so much about what happens in Taiwan. You're certainly in an environment that embraces that kind of creative thinking and things you could do. Well, keep us posted. Give us an update on what you decide here. But don't let your past determine your future. Draw in the sand and take a fresh look at where you want to be three years from now. Make decisions based on that. Well, hey, just going to jump in here just as a reminder that these are questions from you, the listeners. I consider it an honor and a privilege every week to open that magic mailbox 
see the questions you submit here so we can unpack them and all grow together. If you've got a question, just go to 48days.com slash askdan. Submit your question there. Again, that's 48days.com slash askdan. If I use your question, we'll send you an autographed copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love and maybe some other surprises as well. Okay, here's a question from Malin, who says, Good day, Sir Dan. I like that, Sir Dan. I, that sounds kind of classy. Thank you. I am Mylan, a licensed teacher. I'm currently not teaching in a public or private school. I do online tutorial to some students under a private company. I want to share with you my struggle finding the right job for me. Until this time, I still don't know what would really satisfy my whole being. I somehow feel blessed to take care of my two kids while doing a side job at home, but I don't feel that fulfillment thing. I really want to help people in need, especially when they have troubles or problems. I may not help them with financial problems at times, but I really want to help them ease their situation. Now, I would encourage you, be very specific about who you want to help. I mean, what kind of trouble or problem can you help them address? Then become known as the expert in that arena. I was just yesterday working with a a doctor, and he's pretty broad in what he addresses. He actually addresses pain issues that people have. But even there, that's really, really broad. In talking with him, we narrowed down. He's going to work with people who have had a kidney transplant. Now think about how narrow that is. Now also, it's surprising to me to know how many people there are in the world who have had a kidney transplant at this point. So it's still a pretty big audience, but it's very, very specific. Then he can be, become known as the expert in that field. He happens to be a kidney recipient himself. He has a genetic disease that causes his kidneys to fail at about 35 years old, both of them. And he is the recipient of a kidney uh, due to the charity, the, the graciousness of his wife. So she has one, he has one. They're both operating on the two kidneys that she was born with. Well, you can be that specific. I mean, it could be moms of two kids who don't know how to plan healthy at-home meals or women who are 35 years old who are always feeling fatigued. I mean, be very specific in how you can help it. Don't just say you can help people with problems. That's, that's not going to get you any kind of traction at all. Be very specific. Then clarify your product or service and make it clear how what you offer them will help improve their lives. You know, as I read these, I, I so wish we could get you people in a room where we can really work through this. Now, we're going to have that opportunity. And we're going to have that opportunity with our upcoming event that we're going to be doing here in August in Sarasota, Florida. It's going to be at the beautiful Carlisle Inn, and we're going to spend two days working on a topic that we call, Will It Fly? Will it fly? Is your idea worthy of getting it out there? Is it something where you really understand the positioning, the pricing, the marketing, have established connections so you have a ready audience? You know, how do you get this thing off the ground? We're going to have a blast doing that. How to, how to define your uniqueness how to build authority, how to establish your voice, and then how do you move into prospering, which I talk about as being a necessary component. We're going to go through, and then actually we're going to, on Friday, 
of those two days. It's going to be August 10th and 11th, 2023, right here in Sarasota, Florida. We're going to give the opportunity to four or five people. And of course, we'll screen these in advance. You can apply right now, but put your idea in where we do our own version of Shark Tank. Will it fly? And where we have a panel of judges there, and we're going to have you present your ideas with the potential, not of having play money, but of real money, just like they do on Shark Tank. If it's worthy of investment, and we have people there, we'll have a team there. And if it's worthy of investment, you'll find people have uh, money to invest to, to move your idea up if it is worthy of that. And if the, the model is one that rec- wouldn't recommend investment money. Again, you can do it at 48days.com slash experience to get all those details. I just keep thinking about that and how often I get questions from people. And having just been in one of our live events in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, just recently, you know, seeing the power of being in a room, sharing ideas together, how things really come to life and people walk out with a clear plan, boom, to walk right into the area of excellence and prosperity. All right. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to unpack one more here. Now this comes from Andrew. Andrew is a, a, a regular submitter of questions. So back in, where was the first March, back in March, March 10th, he says, Dan, I have a question. Your email once said, shouldn't I be happy with just better than average as a person who was kicked out of two engineering majors in college due to subpar grades on risk of academic probation, barely passing college. A 2.4 GPA was enough to give me to graduate. My hopes for getting at least 3.0 were dashed. Now my question is, what if our attempts to be at least better than average crashed down on us and aiming for someone average would lessen disappointment? So that was what I addressed. That was back in March. All right. What if aiming for average would lessen disappointment? That's, I love the wording of that. Very legitimate to look at that. We unpacked it at the time. Now, Andrew, I know you've come back multiple times since then with uh, other kind of questions as well. So here we've got one that just came in a couple of days ago. I'm the, quest, I'm the guy who asked the question about aiming for average to lessen disappointment. There's more to it than that. My family risked their finances to get me into college and I thought engineering would get me a house and an income. Now I'm living with my family and I'm not too blessed by it. I'd like to believe that failure isn't the end of the world, but it ended my career. I would like to view it as a learning experience, but to me, it's not as nice as that. A learning experience for me would be mistaking the salt for sugar when making cookies at my own place and discovering it would, it before getting them out to the public. At least that would not have done any irreversible damage. It's if at first you don't succeed, try again, but if at second you don't succeed, give up. Okay. Wow. What a, I love your your contributions to the conversations here, Andrew, by being so vulnerable and transparent about your own journey and wording things as you do. I mean, for one thing, you have a great way with words to put things together like that. So let's let's back into this a little bit here. You say that you barely passed college, having a 2.4 GPA that was enough to get you to graduate, but didn't match your hopes for a 3.0. In the book, now, so you've got a degree in engineering, but you 
haven't been able to get the job that's going to get you that house and the big income that you were led to believe were going to be the result of getting a college degree in engineering. Okay. We, we hear a lot about that these days. You've got a lot of company and people who went to college with those kind of expectations that they were led to believe what was going to happen. And yet now they're disappointed. You know, they're 24 years old, 27 years old and realizing they don't have a Mercedes and a white picket fence, uh, you know, and a big house. It just, it just didn't happen. There's a whole lot of people in that situation as well. If we back up a little bit and look at the book written by Dr. Thomas Stanley, The Millionaire Next Door. That book's been around for a while, but grab a copy and look at that. He describes in there, what are the characteristics of people who ultimately ended up extremely successful? A lot of them have a whole lot of things in line, just as you're describing, Andrew, in your situation. For one thing, the average GPA of all the millionaires that he that he reviewed and talked to, interviewed, was 2.7. There you go. We're right in between what you got and that 3.0 that you had hoped to get. They didn't even get a 3.0 in college. A 2.7 is the average. Now, here's how that unpacks, and here's here's how what what often happens with those people. If you get a 3.5 or a 4 point when you graduate and get a degree in college, guess what? You're going to be invited to go on and get a PhD, a JD, and to go to law school, an MD, go to medical school, a DDS, go to dental school. You're going to get all those invitations. And those are the people that I work with at 45 who says, you know what? This isn't really my passion. I just went, kept going to school because I had the ability to go to school. Guess what happens to the poor dudes like you, Andrew, who got a 2.4? You don't get those invitations to go to graduate school. And you know what happens? If you really look inward, look introspectively, you can come up with an idea that is uniquely you and knock it out of the park in terms of your financial success. That's been the exact path for a whole lot of millionaires that have been profiled out there and a whole lot of millionaires that I know who didn't have the ability academically to go on. You know, my, my own son, Jared, horrible student, I mean, dyslexia, ADHD, all the terms you can label a child who doesn't fit into school well. He had those. We worked with him to get him some semblance of a high school degree so he at least would have that. So we did homeschooling, not in a classroom. That wasn't going to work. It never worked. So did we encourage him to go to college so he could get a degree and then be successful? Not a chance. College would have been frustrating for him. He didn't get any invitations or scholarships, trust me. And he never considered for a nanosecond going to college. That wasn't going to be his path. He learns differently than what they expect in college. Does that mean he's dumb or he can't learn? No. And I'm sure you aren't either. Jared just learns in other ways. Today, he is a brand consultant for four space agencies. These make space for humanity, human consciousness, these organizations you hear about out there. He's a brand consultant for four of those and is compensated very, very well by each of those to put him in a position where he's now, you know, on national TV. He's a consultant. He hosts um, these launch events that you see. He just co-hosted a birthday party for William Shatner, who was one of the guys who went up into space last year, profoundly impacted his life 
and now he's kind of a spokesman in that space. But Jerry's rubbing shoulders, you know, with Elon Musk and Richard Branson, people like that, who were involved in space exploration. And this is a kid who, I mean, I, I, if he would have gone to college, he wouldn't have gotten a 2.0 probably. That's okay. He found his path in a different way, and I think you can too. I think you're looking too microscopically at this one approach. Go to college, get a degree, get a job at a company. Well, that isn't working for you. That's okay. But I don't think that it's created irreversible damage. I think it's simply help you realize that's not a great direction to go in. Let's explore something else. Boy, that's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to explore. Go in a different direction. Take that internal look, just like I talk about here, where you look at your unique skills and abilities, your personality traits, your values, dreams, and passions. Those are going to help you come up with your unique direction that you can go. You may be the inventor of the next thing. You may start your own landscaping company. You don't know what he's going to ask you what your GPA was in school. I mean, you may, geez, open a car wash. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things. You can be a collector of Hot Wheels and be buying and selling those cars I'm talking about where a 1969 Volkswagen beach beachcomber bus brings $150,000 when it sold originally for 39 cents. Well, you can find your spot there. I mean, there's plenty of people who are thriving and prospering who are doing things not based on the college degree that they got or even their attempt to get one. All right. My goodness. Well, we've blasted through a bunch. I'm going to wrap it up there. Got some fun things coming up in episodes. I love doing these Wisdom of the Sages episodes that are coming out every Monday at this point, where I take just one principle and kind of unpack it. Got a whole bunch of them lined up there. Never going to run out of those. Trust me. There's so much wisdom out there from the sages in history, things that have benefited me and could certainly benefit you and your path to your own success as well. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions, for being open to growing, being a powerful force for making the world a better place. Share this episode with three of your friends who are also committed to personal growth. I mean, they'll thank you for it. Become known for your positivity, for offering hope and encouragement to others. And if you give somebody a book or recommend something like this podcast that can help that person succeed, it'll elevate your credibility and value in their eyes. So be that person. And stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what your academic background is, we can create or find work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.